Welcome to Financial R&R, a show dedicated to financial insurance and risk management solutions and trends shaping the market today. Here are your hosts, Ron Boris and Ryan Farnsworth. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Ron Boris with the Financial Institutions team at Alliant. I'm, I'm here with Ryan Farnsworth, and we're really excited today to have a, a special guest, uh, Kimberly Patlas, who's the president and managing director of Corporate Solutions, a uh, leading consultant to, to private equity and alternative asset managers. And we're going to be talking everything private equity. We, uh, we obviously like to cover a lot of industry sectors. I think uh, private equity firms uh, are, are certainly experiencing um, some interesting challenges in the insurance marketplace today. And uh, we thought it would be good to spend a few minutes this afternoon with, with Kim, given her background and expertise. So thanks for joining us, Kim. Thank you so much for you and Ryan thinking about having me on and I'm really happy to be here. There has been quite a bit of changes that we're all watching, shifting trends, lots of emerging issues, other challenges that we're watching, uh, alternative asset managers and private equity experience. So this is, I think, really, really timely and terrific to be with, with you guys as well. Well, Ryan, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe we start just sort of overarching, right? I mean, uh, you know, private equity has been a sector that, you know, if you look back over time, had a, had a period where it performed really well. The market was, was really soft. Uh, there was a, a, a tremendous supply of capacity. And I'd say in the last few years, um, the market has definitely firmed up a little bit. The deals have, have changed. You know, I think maybe that's a good place to start. What do you think? Yeah. And you think about the conversation we were having with private equity clients this time last year and how quickly and, and how many different considerations are now are now in play. And, and Kim, one reason we, we want you to be here and, and, and talk with us is give us a sense for what, for what your private equity clients are seeing and what, what are the risks that they're thinking about um, right now as we are halfway home through 2021? Yeah, absolutely. I think your lead-in was perfect, Ryan. Um, you know, the the rising cost is no longer a surprise to a lot of investment firms, I would imagine, at this point, because they've been not only armed with what they need to be doing or what to expect from you know the good brokers out there like yourself, but the rising deductibles, changing carrier appetites, all kinds of changing terms and conditions that are coming on policies as a result of either sector-specific uh, investors or other challenges that are, are are happening. I think the bigger issue that we're watching a lot of our investment firm clients ask and how to address is what should we be doing in order to either buy insurance differently or create you know risk management processes or combat the uh, rising tide of both cost and also uh, deductibles and how the carriers have shifted, especially if you have exposure across Europe, you're in Australia, you're in other places globally, there's quite a bit of challenge that each of these investment firms is is facing. And so they're looking for, you know, what should we be doing? And I think if brokers that are, are appointed, and obviously we know that uh, Alliant has done that quite a bit because of your sector expertise and also footprint is really arming a lot of these investment firms with what considerations they should be doing differently across uh, their marketplace or their industry sector investments or their thesis, you know, across the board. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that's been driven home during the past year and a half is how important it is to differentiate a private equity firm's risk 
and what it is that management teams are doing to differentiate those risks and, and to in, incorporate tools and, and other processes internally to highlight those risks to the underwriters. Uh, it's not just about running out and getting insurance anymore. It's, it's, it's about how to help your underwriters understand how your risks are presented, how they are improved. As, as you noted, Kim, at Alliant, we try to find that more rewarding way to manage their risk, and they, they are finding success in doing so. Now that the market has opened up a little bit more than it was last year, underwriters are open to hearing what firms are doing in terms of loss prevention or, or tools that they're working through, whether it's through a portfolio approach or, or just specific to, to the sponsor's organization. What are, what are some uh, specific things, Kim, from your perspective that you see private equity firms and their management teams focusing on right now from, from a risk perspective? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Bridging the gap between what the carriers want and what the end user, the private equity fund themselves, or the alternative capital manager, or the debt lender, or or hedge fund, uh, marrying the two sides because one is going to be moving toward trying to get you know the best coverage at the least price, and the carriers really want to better understand the investment thesis at any given investment firm. They want to understand how they can make themselves look and be better than maybe their peer group. And so we're, we're seeing a lot more need for higher level communication. And unlike an auto insurer or other things, these carriers really want to be in the know of exactly what's shifting, what are the challenges that that private equity fund is facing? How do you guide your portfolio? What kind of resources do you do across uh, your investment teams, uh, you know, the, the portfolio managers, if you're sector specific risk or you're you're an investor that is in energy and infrastructure or industrials or retail or real estate, some really challenging industry sectors. And when you add into that crypto and the blockchain world, you know, more generally, you are going to have sector specific headwinds that you need to be aware of. You also need to identify how you are mitigating loss and aligning interests with that with that carrier or carriers that are on your tower. And we think that the best way to do that is to not only create communication and guidance within the portfolio assets, but also create that same level openness with the carrier world as well. And a lot of the times that is identified by the brokers that are, are involved. And we've seen it, you know, we've been on a lot of different uh, risks where differentiating the story is key to driving a different result. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Kim. And, um, you know, we, we uh, had a, a call with a client just earlier today and they said, you know, what's the most important thing we can do to get the best renewal outcome? And I said, start early. I, I think just having a good game plan, um, getting out early to your point, telling your story, really trying to differentiate your risk because you know, we, we genuinely believe our, our team here at Alliance, we genuinely believe there's still an opportunity to, uh, to differentiate yourselves, right? I mean, unfortunately in this market, there are a lot of you know, participants painting very broad brushes, right? And people are speaking in very general terms, but, but again, if people are willing to put in the work and the commitment, I think that will absolutely yield a better outcome. A hundred percent. We, you know, we've seen 
in the, the highest level of M&A that we've seen in probably five years now that we're maybe a little bit uh, away from the SPAC mania that was happening a couple months ago, but now all these SPAC transactions and that is facing investment firms as well. Uh, many of the straight private equity funds or other funds that may have natural hedges within their portfolio going into credit or debt funds or issuance of new funds that may have a different focus or different LPs. As soon as you have a change of risk, you have to be ready and armed with how to uh, present that to the insurance world. And I think a lot of firms that have taken the view of being more covetous of the information, they are absolutely going to be hit with unexpected costs unexpected higher level deductibles or or retentions and or restrictions to the coverage where they're going to have to go elsewhere to get some level of protection. We see that right now. And that that wave of focus from regulators, from underwriters is is not going to go away anytime soon. So to your point, Kim, the, the sooner that our private equity clients can collectively establish a process going forward to engage early with the underwriters and, and work to differentiate those risks, the better off they'll be. And, and I referred to it uh, briefly there in terms of the, the, the current administration and, and, and what private equity firms are facing from a regulatory perspective. Regulatory risk is one that we haven't hit on yet. Be, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your perspective on what private equity firms are, are facing and seeing and thinking about with respect to the regulatory risks that they face today and going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we were on the phone yesterday about another client and how we both collectively would be addressing you know, the SEC coming out with requests for, uh, it's voluntary right now, but it was posted publicly and they're urging very strongly to get, you know, additional information of any client of SolarWinds. We expect that to continue. Uh, the enforcement division is gaining power and gaining a lot more uh, resources within the SEC. But I think that the regulatory landscape in general for, for investment firms, and it could be, you know, hedge funds, private equity, or some combination of multi-asset investors, they are going to have to have a game plan on how they are mitigating risk internally, how they are protecting their uh, LP money and also their information as well. I think we're watching GPs need to be much more aware of what that shifting marketplace is and how that regulatory uh, impact is going to impact their risk within their own firm and also within their portfolio. Uh, we've watched a lot of firms, especially those, again, I don't want to go back to sector specific because many of our collective clients are not sector specific, but if you are sector specific and you have healthcare regulation and you or you're an energy firm with energy regulation or you're energy related to crypto, uh, industrials, others in terms of emissions or other things, the regulatory floor is only getting more strict and more attentive, and you have to be prepared for that and how it's going to impact your risk. We've seen the best investors out there, the ones that are paying attention to loss prevention and safety and uh, how they are addressing regulatory changes are the ones that are going to be treated best in the insurance marketplace as well.
Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I think, uh, it, you know, this whole solar winds uh, inquiry from, from the SEC is, is evidence that just when you think these things are done, um, they're never done. The fact that the solar winds breach happened back in December of last year and uh, the regulators are still focused in on it kind of shows the level of importance uh, that they're putting on this, coupled with the uh, obviously the, the tremendous uptick this year in, in ransomware events. You know, again, it, it seems like the folks that are interested in perpetrating these types of crimes or these types of situations uh, are, are more focused on trying to make people's lives miserable or shutting down their business. Because like I said, I mean, there's still plenty of shifting of assets going on with regards to theft of money. But, but it seems like the real prize right now is just really trying to hold these firms hostage and shutting them down for an indefinite period of time. And you know, we, we've seen that all too much this year. And I, I think that's going to be something that will evolve. Uh, over the next six months or more as, as carriers are really trying to get their arms around, how do we even underwrite this risk, right? I mean, I think if you do the, the homework and, and do the deep dive, it seems like there are certain firms that are more vulnerable to these things than, than others. But, um, you know, that's a really big part of what we're doing to advise clients, particularly on the, on the private equity firm side, and on the hedge fund side is, is working with subject matter experts and helping them identify um, what some of these vulnerabilities are because I'll tell you, in, in this cyber insurance marketplace, y- you can't get coverage. If, if, you have, if you answer no to some of these questions, even if you're an existing insured, um, whether it's multi-factor authentication or, or other good risk management tools to prevent these types of breaches, underwriters are way more tuned in on this now than they've ever been. And they're, they're non-renewing deals. They're walking away from business. So being prepared for a tough renewal is more important now than it's ever been. Private equity firms and investment management firms have definitely slid under the radar for the past six, seven years since the SEC was asking in their, in their OC examinations, you know, basically, you know, do you have insurance, uh, cyber insurance? And, and it was kind of a check the box item and many, many firms just bought insurance without perhaps focusing on the safeguards that can and should be in place in advance. And that kind of speaks to what we were, what we were talking about earlier, which is, you know, focusing on loss prevention and, and other loss mitigation techniques through, through audits and through engagement with outside consultants is something that is not just viewed favorably by underwriters, but critically necessary for our private equity clients to, to focus on, um, to protect their firm, to protect their uh, engagement with their portfolio companies, and then set the example for what they would like to see within their portfolio companies, because there's no doubt that those types of events would would impact a company's EBITDA and, and their performance within the fund. So uh, risk management is primary and, and should be a focus for private equity firms going forward. Um, have you seen anything um, from your clients, Kim, with respect to cyber risks and anything they're doing specifically on that on that point? Yeah, I think it's it's really funny that you mention, you know, the past six or six or seven years or five to seven years that almost every investment firm that we had worked with, and I, I know there's many that are common with you you all as well, they all believed, oh, that's not an issue for us. We don't have, especially if they were not healthcare specific funds or retail specific funds. We don't have credit cards, we don't have PII, we don't have PHI. Well, that's that's a woefully silly thing to think that you don't have exposure to a cyber breach or a malware or some type of other challenge that may impact your investment firm or your portfolio. And we're watching the same thing that Ron said earlier is the ability to 
get as robust coverage as you want, get or achieve the renewal that you may want or achieve in the middle of an add-on acquisition or an M&A situation, cyber now has become the focus, not just because of solar winds, but the there's a, a stat that we read the other day that it says uh, in 2021, there's a cyber breach or ransom every 11 seconds in the United States. So this is not limited to certain sectors. It's not limited to people that are exposed, but all of those low-hanging fruit of multifaceted authentication or you know, using Microsoft 365 and turning on certain of the additional security, making sure that you have websites and domain names and, and passwords that are not so predictable that people can hack immediately into your bank accounts and in, into everything else because you use the same password for the past 10 years. We've watched that be the number one thing that, that not only new funds are facing as challenges to get their own GPL insurance or their general partner DNO uh, insurance that's also shared with their ENO. Any type of rep and warranty is reliant on whether cyber is up to speed and your security is up to speed, all of your underlying portfolio issues and other things. So it is, it is a compounded issue. You know, many of the investment firms have utilized solar winds and so they are now incurring costs in document production and other things. Colonial Pipeline had a massive impact inside the investment community as well. So it is, it's all tied together and their only focus five, six, seven years ago was more on DNO to have the right level of protection for their funds and their LPs. We've seen a hundreds of percent, you know, increase of every investment firm that we know trying to get a security action, a cyber program, and also making sure that they are armed with how to address uh, a business interruption or other things. Uh, and those policy forms are not consistent across the board either. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Uh, over the weekend, I lost my iPhone and, uh, you know, we, we become so reliant on technology that I, I literally was saying to my friends, I, I could lose my wallet. I could lose a lot of different things, but without my iPhone, I, I, I'm lost. You know, when people say, well, I don't have cyber exposure because I don't have personally identifiable information or records, my response back is, well, what if I just shut off your network? Would you be able to run your business? Because that's essentially what's happening right now is people are just going in and shutting people's networks off. And basically saying, unless you pay me X amount of dollars or, or Bitcoin, we're not turning it back on. Oh, and by the way, when we turn you back on, we're going to wipe everything clean. So, you know, again, I, I think this is something that we've been incredibly focused on. You know, we've made tremendous investments in our business with regards to cyber resources available to our financial institution and private equity clients. And, you know, I, I think this is just something that we, we're going to continue to talk a lot about. As we look to kind of wrap things up here, Kim, and and realizing you all are out there meeting new clients all the time. If I was a new client today and I was looking to hire CRS for the first time to help with my insurance, what, what's the advice? What, are you, what advice are you giving these firms as, as they're looking to sort of up their game and, and really improve how they're managing the insurance process? Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're right about that. You know, people come to us and say, this rising cost, I need to change my broker because of that. No, you're focusing in the wrong places, right? That's not the issue. The issue is, do you have a game plan overall? To your point earlier, you need to start these processes much earlier. The insurance has become paramount to you running your business as an investment firm. And you need to understand where the risks are coming from, how to message those risks that you're doing, you're attentive to them, 
better than others, not having accidental footfalls on cyber or DNO or your own regulatory actions, allowing for certain exclusions, those kind of things. Be with the right advisors in general, not just your broker, but also to the extent that you value an independent viewpoint. We think that's helpful, obviously, but definitely making sure that you are prepared and executing at a at a higher level than than the market and and ultimately sharing that information of what distinguishes your firm in their investment thesis and your execution every day differently than their peer group. Well, uh, like I said, I think we're just about out of time here for today, but really appreciate your your perspectives here and uh you know, I think many folks are going to walk away from this this conversation and, and hopefully realize that uh, as risky as the private equity world can be, there's certainly a more rewarding way to manage risk. And that's something that our firms are, are focused on every day. So, you know, with that, we'll, we'll wrap up. You know, thanks again, Ryan and, and Kim for joining me today. And for those of you listening and have more questions or interest in, in learning more about Alliant, you can visit our website at www.alliant.com. We'll say goodbye for now and hopefully talk to you again soon. Thank you.